I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so thrilled to have my next guest here. We have Dee Poku, who is the founder and CEO of The We Suite. And if you have not heard about The We Suite, you are going to be so excited to learn all about this incredible initiative and also about Dee because she is one badass human that I am just so excited for you all to learn about. So the, The We Suite is a private membership community for women leaders, innovators, and creators, and defounded we with a goal to create a community that redefines success and how women achieve and experience it, and on their own terms, and in support of each other. So I can't wait to hear a lot more about we, but also Dee's journey, as I mentioned. So here we go. Welcome, Dee. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So your background is in film and the entertainment industry. Uh, Can you share a little bit more about your career and sort of what you were doing before you decided to embark on starting the We Suite? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been an interesting journey. So um, if I just go back a couple of extra steps, I started my career um, in fashion. um, And that was after um, doing a degree in math at university. So I went from a math degree to fashion to film and now to this. So definitely not a particularly linear path, but always following my instincts, um, you know, my passions. Um, and there, you know, there was definitely a sort of, um, a sort of synchronicity and, and, um, you know, a reason for, for, for why that particular flow. But the bulk of my career was in the entertainment industry. I love movies. Um, I believe in the power of storytelling to change hearts and minds. I worked for um, three different studios and in America for Focus Features and for Paramount. And I, um, in my last job, was overseeing international marketing um, for a division of Paramount Pictures. And it was busy. <laughs> Amazing. That's that's so great. And you mentioned uh, in the U.S. Where were you uh, prior to being in the U.S.? So I grew up in the U.K., so I moved here from London. My family are from Ghana, so I also lived in Ghana for a few years, but I was born in the U.K. Wow. And so you've seen uh, a lot of different industries, obviously, but a lot of different parts of the world and how businesses grow have grown and frankly probably how women are growing as well in different initiatives um, within different industries. So what inspired you to really make this career change to start the We Suite then? I, I would say that the sort of kernel of the idea for the We Suite came back when I was um, working, you know, within the movie industry and 
you know, I loved what I did and I did some pretty incredible things. I met some really impressive and interesting and fascinating filmmakers and actors and I traveled around the world and, you know, there was so much that was good about it. Um, but it was also a very cutthroat um, business, you know, I mean, the world sort of got a glimpse into that with the Me Too movement, but that was definitely, um, you know, my day-to-day was just sort of navigating um, all of the sort of bullying and sexual harassment that comes with being in that business. But I would say above and beyond that, you know, being one of very few women, being the only black woman in many rooms was just a lonely place to be. Um, and all women can relate to the fact that the way that we succeed is nuanced. So we can't just like read the book and apply the lessons and, you know, and then we're there. Um, you have to really navigate uh, sort of personalities and, you know, what is perceived to be leadership um, in these spaces. And you have to figure out how decisions get made and who, um, you know, sort of who's in charge and like how you move through those systems. And like that requires a lot of EQ and, you know, you sort of learn by trial and error. And I think for me, understanding that there are women who'd gone before me who had figured it out, you know, the, the question was like, why was I doing this from scratch again? Where were the people, you know, I could turn to, um, to, you know, brainstorm and have tactical conversations with also, you know, where are the women I could have vulnerable and open conversations with because obviously you know when you're working in these spaces like you need to present as having it together like you can't betray weaknesses like you need to you know present as a leader and present as someone who could be in charge and should be promoted and should be paid what they're worth and so you know where do you go and where's your outlet and so that was really the sort of genesis of the idea for the WeSuite. Thinking about what's for dinner, but you haven't had a minute to even think about it before now? Well, let's not make that mistake again. I have a tip for you. Factor. Stress-free, delicious, ready-to-eat meals, just perfect for spring and summer yumminess. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes or less. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options keto, vegan, veggie, or calorie smart, Factor has you covered. Discover more than 60 add-ons every week too, like breakfast and on-the-go lunch choices, snacks and beverages now too. Stay fueled and feel good all day long with whatever they are creating over at Factor for you. And the best part, each meal is ready to eat in just two minutes or less. And who wouldn't want that? Factor is your solution for fast premium meals without the need for cooking. Get started today and fuel up for your spring and summer goals. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash golden50 and use code golden50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code golden50 at factormeals.com slash golden50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. That's code GOLDEN50 at factormeals.com slash GOLDEN50 to get 50% off, plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. 
in today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is The Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, The Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. I think it's so interesting. I remember uh, I attended your event in San Francisco a few weeks ago and got to see you and it was absolutely amazing. But the one thing that I really pulled out of that event was that there were women from a lot of different industries. And I feel like there is this misconception, especially with people who are just starting out in their career, that if they're in the entertainment industry, that they end up hanging out with people in the entertainment industry. Yet safe places and safe conversations often happen amongst women that are in every industry, right? You can gather a lot of information like how they did it so you can figure it out for yourself. So I I really, I'd love to hear your perspective on that as well. I mean, if anything, it's so much more valuable to get perspectives from outside of your industry because, you know, when you're in those silos, you're basically surrounded by people who have always done things a certain way. So then you're doing those things a certain way. And there's like no... um you know, there's no sort of broader perspective and like, how could this be done differently? And so I think it's important, you know, if you work in entertainment to understand what your peers in 
finance or, you know, entertainment or politics and like, what, what are they doing and how have they moved the needle for themselves? And like, what can you learn from their um, experiences and apply to your own industry and to your own career journey? So I actually think it's really, really important to sort of break out of those echo chambers um, and connect with women in other industries and connect with senior leaders in other industries for sure. Yeah, definitely. So where did the name come from? Well, um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> I'm like, which story should I tell? Should I tell the real one? Um, so the we suite, um, we stands for women, inspiration and enterprise. So, um, inspiration because we need that sort of constant motivation to keep climbing those hurdles and to keep sort of navigating those obstacles. So we need that piece of it. And the enterprise is the tools. So what is the, what are the sort of tactical, um, what's the tactical information that we need? What are the introductions? Like what are the learnings um, that we also need alongside the inspiration to help get us ahead? So that's why we um, originally wanted we as in W-E and couldn't get that name. Um, and, you know, I actually, I'm maybe glad of it now <laughs> because, um, you know, I don't think it's really sort of synonymous with the image that, you know, that I, you know, want to project for the organization, but that's where it came from. Um, and the We Suite is really about, um, you know, it's a play on the, obviously a play on the C-suite, but getting away from the sort of corporate um, idea of what a C-suite looks like. So that C and taking it to a we, which is about women um, moving together and rising together. So there was a lot of thought that went into the name and it and it's really valuable to me because it really helps me hone into the ethos and value and purpose of the company every time I say it. Like, you know, why is why does it have this name? What is it that I'm setting out to achieve? How am I going to get there? And am I living my values every day? So it's one thing for you to believe like there's this hole in the market, obviously, that you saw. There's other membership um, programs out there. But why did you think you could accomplish what you have? I mean, it's like, it's scary, right? You had, you had done other initiatives and you had obviously a huge community of people that, a uh, big network that um, I'm sure you shared this idea with prior to deciding to start the company. But, um, but starting a company is really hard, right? And there's lots of little things and details as Steve Jobs used to uh, say like you've got to make sure that they have the right coffee maker and the right thing in the office. You know, maybe that's not applicable today because many people are not in the office. But you know what I mean. I mean, there's lots of little details that you don't really think about that you have to accomplish in order to actually start a company. But uh, what was it that made you believe like you had to go do this? So, you know, I would definitely say that entrepreneurship is, you know, it's in my blood. It, um, it fuels me every day. I, it doesn't feel like work. It just feels like, um, I'm just pursuing my passion and my dream and I will work all night. I mean, I'm not advocating, uh, that, that grind. I'm just saying that, you know, theoretically, like, you know, it's so important to me that, you know, I put, you know, my heart and soul into it. I think every entrepreneur looks at the landscape. Um, you look at what's out there, you look at what's um, available to people and the tools that they're using. And then you think about, you know, what you could do differently. And for me, it was really that I felt, you know, that I could bring something different 
um, to the community building space. Um, and also, you know, community building is just so innate in me. And I am, um, you know, I feel like I've been community building since I was five years old. You know what I mean? Like I was always, you know, putting little groups of people together. If you put me in a room with five people, I'd organize a dinner party. Like I just um, understand people. I understand, um, you know, how we operate, what drives us, you know, how to keep communities together. And, you know, I think that there are people who start businesses as a business, as a money-making tool. And obviously I want to make money and I want my business to be huge. But I started it because I truly believed I could do this differently and because it was just a passion for me and a really, really deep pain point that I didn't really want, you know, other women to experience. So I think all of those things combined, I think, are what make a great entrepreneur and a great business. I love it. So interested parties apply. And what is the criteria for actually joining the organization? So it's a peer organization for women in leadership. So certainly you have to be at a certain level in your career so that members feel like they are getting as much as they're putting in and we require them to put in. Um, it's definitely not a passive place to be. So that piece is important. Um, the second piece of it is that we're looking for women who care about purpose um, and women who want to change the world in some capacity, which, you know, may sound lofty, but I think it's really where the magic in the wee sweet lies. So we say that it's women who consider themselves to be trailblazers or impact leaders within their companies or who are building companies to drive change. And so it's like big ideas, big vision, big dreams, like women who really think that way and are bringing that energy um, and excitement to each other. And it's, that's really what fuels the community. So you know, we do not want business as usual. And so if you are, you know, an SVP trying to be an AVP, trying to be a CEO, and like that is it for you, then the we suite is not the right place for you. So it's not necessarily, I know like there's other organizations like YPO, you have to run a PL and there's a certain um, revenue attached to that PL that you have to meet. You got you all are not um, doing that as part of the criteria. You, you have to be at a certain level, certainly. Mm -hmm. Like, so you definitely have to be a C-suite leader. You have to be an established founder. Uh, we're not as hard and fast on the, you know, sort of specific revenue, um, annual revenue that you have to achieve. But what could, because what we do is we look at this sort of whole body of work. So for example, like one of our members, um, is a startup founder. However, she was a, um, managing director at BlackRock. Mm -hmm. So she clearly brings that whole body of work and experience to the table. So although she's sort of pivoted to entrepreneurship and then might not be accepted to YPO, I don't know. For us, it's, you know, it's those 20 years of leadership experience that matter to us and, and, you know, and what she can bring to other members because of that experience. I love it. So the pandemic disproportionately affected women in the workplace. Where do you think we stand today? I think it's a really interesting time and there's definitely been a paradigm shift because of the pandemic that it accelerated, a, you know, a lot of um, thinking around women in our careers. And I talk a lot about redefining success for women and giving them the autonomy to 
um, drive the careers they want. So what I'm seeing a lot of is like women saying, you know, like I want control over my career mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, the ways in which I succeed. I don't want to be beholden to my boss, to my company, to anyone else for my own success. And I think that is, you know, pretty true across the board now for women. And so even when, um, you know, they are still in the corporate space, they are still thinking about their own impact and their own brands and, you know, and just sort of thinking ahead about how they monetize, you know, their expertise. And then for those who are not in the sort of corporate space, it's very much the same thing. So we're seeing a lot of, you know, fractional, roles like so you know women who have deep expertise as CFOs or CMOs who have decided um you know to sort of apply those tools um uh you know in support of companies that need that expertise but not having to work full time Mm -hmm. and so or they want to be on boards or they want to create um educational content or they want to be speakers so there's basically this sense of like you know, I know so much, I've achieved so much, I have so much experience, um, and I want autonomy over how I make money from that and how I, you know, how I build my brand from that. So I think it's something that corporations really need to be aware, aware of. Um, you know, we work with a lot of corporations and they really, you know, have to think about retention. Um, and when you're thinking about retention, it's not really, you have to think about not boxing in Mm-hmm. your senior employees so that they feel like they have um, the space to really grow um, in a non-linear way. Totally, totally agree. So you have incredible experience and are a celebrated executive, but starting your own company and launching the We Suite is a bit of a massive task, right? It's uh, it, I, I've talked to many uh, individuals over the years who had been celebrated executives, but then uh, decided to start their own company. And they were like, I had no idea how hard this w- was going to be. And obviously, this is your baby and uh, started from an idea and from scratch. What has been kind of the hardest part of starting this company that obviously, you know, lots of founders, but maybe people, no one told you that it was going to, that you were going to have to, uh, like do X? I mean, gosh, there are many things. Uh, fundraising uh, mm-hmm. is obviously, uh, you know, the least fun of it. Uh, it's, you know, sort of building that uh, financial foundation and and going out there and sort of convincing everyone of your dream. Um, you know, a lot of VCs play the comparison game. Like you're just like X or mm-hmm. you're too similar to Y. And so, so, so breaking through that mindset, I think, as, especially as a woman and particularly so as a black woman, um, where there are sort of perceptions, you know, around like what you can achieve or, you know, you sort of don't fit the, you know, pattern matching that they rely on uh, so heavily. So that's definitely been one. <laughs> I would say more recently as we've grown, you know, although I did, you know, manage teams as an executive, um, there's just sort of an added layer um, to that of just, um, you know, feeling responsible for somebody else's hopes and dreams, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, when I worked for a corporation, you know, there's HR and there's just this sort of infrastructure. So even though you are responsible for your team, um, you are and you're not. Whereas I feel as a founder, I feel responsible for 
their livelihoods, um, you know, for their um, happiness. Um, but at the same time, like I'm really focused on my own and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so like just that sort of push and pull of, I need to be there for everyone else. I really need to be there for me. Um, I need to build my business. I need to, you know, focus on growth for my employees. Like there's just, sorry, for my, um, investors. Um, it's just, you know, there's just a lot. I wake up every day with like, you know, my mind is sort of swimming, um, with, you know, all of the different people I'm sort of responsible to in some way. I, I definitely find that quite trying. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I, it's, uh, it's a lot and it, it's, uh, you know, different at every stage of growth. Um, but I remember, um, I remember early on when uh, the first person left uh, Hint, and you know, and and I took it very personally, right? Sure. Like I was thinking, you know, why can't I make them happy? And and you know, and later I learned that you have to allow people to fly, right? You have to allow people yes. to go and move on, and and. Uh, and appreciate the fact that they gave you what they gave you, all of those kind of things. So, but, uh, but yeah, you learn a lot when you're, when you're, when the buck stops with you. Um, but it's, uh, but it's definitely a, um, I felt like it was a big learning experience for sure. So you touched on raising capital, uh, and any advice that you would give to people knowing what you know today about the raising capital, um, journey? Gosh, yeah. I mean, I could. I feel like I could write a book on it. <laughs> um, so I will. I would say, you know, people gave me this advice, and I didn't really understand it until I was in it. But the storytelling piece is everything, mm-hmm. and I th- thought I got that. You know, I was like, well, you know, I have my deck, and I'm going to flow through my slides, and I, you know, this is my business, this is where I am, this is where I'm going. But I think that communicating that sort of bigger vision, you know, of the world as you see it and how the world is going to change and, you know, because of the impacts of your company, like really nailing that and getting that sort of shiny sort of um, response, you know, to what you're saying. I think that piece um, is you know, is, is what really moves the needle. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, after what, like I, when I started, you know, in my early phase of pitching, I, I had this sort of deck and I had all my talking points and it was really when I threw the deck away and just sort of spoke from the heart. Yeah. That was, you know, that was really, you know, when I was able to better communicate my goals and really sort of bring them along with me. Um, and so like, it just took a little while to really appreciate that piece of it. Yeah, definitely. I found too, that, uh, it was not difficult for me to get the meetings. Um, but I also felt like there was a lot of time spent convincing certain people that this was the right thing to do. So I came from tech, so I knew a lot of the VCs in the tech community. So everybody. I could meet with these people and they were all looking for, okay, well, what's the tech angle? And I'm like, nothing. We're, we're developing yeah. water. And then they were <laughs> like, oh, I really want to do this. And, and yes. I think the most valuable thing you have to really hold on to is time. 
And so yeah. I would think, oh, I failed. I haven't been able to raise this money. But if you look at the number of investments that many of these companies uh, have, in, or many of these VCs have invested in, they're not investing in companies in my industry, right? And I think it's the same for you. You can be a checkmark. Oh, I, I met with Dee Poku. She's fabulous. Yes. She's great. But do they actually invest in right. your industry? And I think like that's a key thing that entrepreneurs should be aware of. Don't don't hold it against yourself. Um, if they don't end up investing, they'll invest in what they know. They'll invest in what you're, I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, it's also getting around, as I mentioned before, the sort of comparison game. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they want you to be like everyone else, but not like everyone else. And it's like finding the line through that um, is, you know, um, if you can figure that out, yeah. then that's where the unlock, you know, also is. Really comes, I completely agree. So how have you gotten the word out about the We Sweep? A lot of word of mouth. Mm -hmm. So the great thing is that, you know, we have, um, you know, sort of 3% attrition, like no one really leaves. Like our members um, are great. getting what they need. Yeah, it's it's really fantastic. And it's because we spent a lot of time really thinking through the mission and ensuring that that was really embedded in the company and in every um, new member who joined. And so, you know, obviously there are um, some sort of uncomfortable stories out there about sort of other women's communities and um, um, the sort of, you know, difficulties that they had to navigate. And I think that, you know, Everyone thinks, and then I'm not saying this is not in relation to those companies, mm -hmm. just in general, everyone thinks it's so easy to build community, but you have to remember that you're, it's a community of people. Um, and so if you don't really have the mission embedded and like everyone who joins doesn't understand that, you're going to go off the rails. And the second is that if you grow at a rate that is not sustainable, hence really think about VC in this space. Um, or at least finding like the very best partner who truly understands what it is mm -hmm. um, to to build an impact-driven company that will also make a lot of money, but like who really understands like how that works. Um, you know, that piece is super important. So, yeah. I love that. So what's next for the We Sweep? What are the big initiatives going on for you coming up? There's a lot. So, you know, really like, I guess, phase one was really just about growing the community and growing, you know, building um, um, the right sort of uh, membership um, mm -hmm. and women who um, were in sync with the vision and, you know, who had a lot to contribute. And I feel like we're very much there. Phase two is really how we mutually leverage that expertise. And so we're, you know, phase two is, it is the tech. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we have some really interesting tools that we're building that allow our members to have that um, autonomy and ability to monetize their expertise in the way that they want. So watch this space for later this year um, for the WeSuite 3.0 um tech platform, which is, it's very, very exciting. 
are are you just U.S. currently, or are you also outside of the U.S.? No, no, we're global. Yeah, um, that's amazing. Yeah, so we're global, and um, you know, we have sort of a smattering of members in some places, and then a lot in others. Obviously, like the UK. Um, so also building out our global presence um, as well, which is great. That's terrific. So. What is the best advice you've ever received? So when I became, when I was in the early stages um, of being an entrepreneur, um, obviously you hear no a lot um, and continue to hear no a lot. But in those early days, it, it just felt hard. Like it felt like such a personal rejection of my vision. And this wasn't necessarily just in relation to fundraising, but just... Um, coming from a job, um, you know, as I, I guess a somewhat glamorous job, you know, working in the entertainment industry. Um, I knew lots of great people. I was always hosting really interesting things. So like, you know, there was, I had some, there was some sort of cachet, um, to what I was doing, especially because I was living in LA. Um, and then so going from that and being, you know, D from Paramount to, um, D, uh, mm-hmm. was, you know, was sort of a leap into the abyss. And so, you know, I had to sort of come to terms with the fact that, you know, my previous identity had been bound up in my job and in, in being sort of D from X company. Um, and then suddenly I had to kind of stand on my own two feet, um, and, you know, and be sort of the vision that I've created and that was really hard at first because and I, I think especially in LA um, you know it just wasn't as interesting to people yeah. and I yeah. think that the less interesting it was the more I sort of took that on and so like yeah. it was like this vicious cycle of um, feeling insecurity and so you know I was sort of you know less um, forthcoming about what I did and I did a lot of sort of I used to work here and now I'm doing this you know so I, you know it wasn't like anchored in my vision and dream and so um I say all of that to say it's really really important to have the courage of your convictions um in the way that you communicate your vision you know as someone who builds community I see you know and read people and people respond to conviction um to go back to the storytelling Point before. And so it doesn't really matter what you do or where you work. It's the conviction that you bring to how you communicate, who you are, how you sell. Um, and so you have to really sort of believe that deeply um, and do the work, to, you know, to ensure that you really believe that at your core, you know, almost to a delusional point. Um, and then communicate that to anyone that you're selling to, partnering with. Um, if, you, if it comes from there, I guarantee you, like it sort of exponentially changes your ability to convert people to whatever it is you want. I just realized that you asked, you didn't ask the advice I would give, you asked the advice I would had been given and yeah. I went off on a tangent. No, that's but okay. The, I love it. The advice that I was given was, you know, experiencing all that insecurity because because I was hearing no's or people were um, um, not like returning my calls was I was sitting with a male friend, also an entrepreneur, you know, who was quite a successful one. And when I told him I felt a bit down in the dumps um, about someone in particular who hadn't responded to me, he looked so puzzled, like he looked so confused by that. And he said to me, 
um, rejection fuels me. Like it, you know, it makes me want to prove them wrong. And it was like such great advice. Um, and I, I held on to that and it really, I mean, you know, and it's not in some vindictive way, but it's like, I know I can do this. Um, and I'm not going to allow, you know, that rejection or, you know, you know, the lack of response, um, to derail what it is I'm trying to do. I couldn't agree more. And uh, that's been my philosophy ever since I was a little girl. When people said, you can't do this, it was like my dad used to say, okay, that's really dangerous what you just told Kara because now <laughs> she's going to figure out how to live undaunted and go and figure it out instead. So it's like, it's a. Uh, it's kind of a double-edged sword, I guess, for people. They think they're stopping you, but it's actually for certain people that really grasp that concept, it's, it is fuel. So I love it that. Is, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Dee. And thanks everyone for listening. And uh, until the next one, uh, but thank you. Thanks again for listening to The Kara Golden Show. If you would, please give us a review and feel free to share this podcast with others who would benefit. And of course, feel free to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of our podcast. Just a reminder that I can be found on all platforms at Kara Golden. And if you want to hear more about my journey, I hope you will have a listen or pick up a copy of my book, Undaunted, which I share my journey including founding and building Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And thanks everyone for listening. Have a great rest of the week and 2023 and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I wanna talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Kara Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.